What's up, all you beautiful people? It's your boy, Hobart. Happy summer, everybody. Man, June just goes by the fastest of all the months. I think it's because it's like bisected by the start of summer, but uh, I'm, I'm stoked. Just got my first sunburn of the season, ready to to hit the beach and get out there, you know. What are your guys' summer uh, summer traditions? For me, it's just trying to get in water as much as I can. So, today's episode. Uh, for this episode, I took a trip down to L.A. to uh, visit my fam, see some comedy, and uh, jump in the water. And uh, I wanted to have a couple uh, young lads on that uh, have been previous guests on this podcast. Um, and have, have since, uh, been doing big things in the LA art world. My guests today are my cousin, Pietro Alexander, and his partner in crime, Sasha Filiminov. And, uh, these guys are, are doing their art gallery and have been throwing these pretty epic shows. Um, the last show they threw, which we'll get into a little bit. Uh, they took a car and basically just offered it up to a slew of artists um, and said, hey, create inside. This car is like the gallery. You guys can each kind of chop it up almost like a butcher and take a part of the car. Um, and and it was a success. They, they had a lot, of, a lot of buzz around it. And it's just inspiring to see these guys engaged in pursuing their dream and making something for themselves. Um, you know, as always, we're talking, we're joking, we're making philosophical stuff. We're, uh, trying, trying not to take ourselves too seriously or any of the issues we discuss. Um, and so I hope you guys all enjoy, enjoy it and, you know, are interested by what we're bringing you. So without further ado, let me introduce to you Pietro Alexander and Sasha Filiminov, a.k.a. Spy Projects, on this episode 54 of the Bartcast. Great to hear from you. What a surprise. <laughs> the water, yo. The water's on our side, yo. We're running with the water. It's the best. your cold open that's the most satisfying noise i just want to have that as my text like text tone hey what's up ace got a dog in the house what's up boys hi hobie how you guys doing hey good we're good we're good get out of here ace stop that usually i'm you know the one who's bringing gifts for my guests when i'm uh Doing this sort of thing, but you guys got me a Modelo today, so thank you. Cheers. Cheers, Cheers boys. Man. Cheers. There we go. I just thought because last time we were on, uh, I'm pretty sure we were, you know, also drinking with the, the Modelo Tall Boys. 
This podcast is not sponsored by Modelo, although we're open to it. You can get in at the ground floor, Modelo, if you're listening. Sponsored by Blue Chew. <laughs> would you love that, Hobie? Would you do that if they if they came to you? They I would love to do a read for them. I feel yeah. like I could come up with some pretty compelling copy. So you guys were telling me that you've been having some issues with your plants. So we got three plants, agaves, for the front of our space. And they were perfectly positioned and then um pietro decided to like straighten everything out yeah they weren't a, what, perfectly were, positioned they were like they looked they were perfectly positioned no, they looked they looked <laughs> like super like off kilter like they were about to fall over uh-huh. so i moved them i moved them so that they're in this straight line so that because it's there's like basically like our, our front porch area has like the sidewalk and then there's like a bit of an incline like going towards the space and so I just moved the plants so that it didn't look like they were like just like slowly like healing over. Yeah, as one does. And then. And then immediately, one was attacked and destroyed. Like as in, like these are heavy planters, heavy heavy planters, mm-hmm. and it looked like the guy picked it up and threw it down on the sidewalk. Like 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 and like the whole the plant was out. There's dirt everywhere, and we thought. Damn, that really sucks. That really sucks. And then it happened again. And then I told Pietro, it's because you made him symmetrical. And he got mad. Um, yeah, so so I, so I after the second time that happened... I, I made him unsymmetrical. I took one of them out to remove the symmetricalness. And just the other day while we were in the gallery... He put it back. I No, I didn't put yeah, it back. Yeah, they were looking very straight. I didn't put it, I yes, didn't, it, yes, you did. I didn't put it back. While we were in the gallery having a very important business meeting. Very important. Yeah. We hear make or break. We hear basically a like, like a Viking a Viking scream. Like yes, a howling of a banshee. Okay. And and then a like kind of like plop, like you know, just like something hitting the ground, and then like. I didn't even get up because I knew what happened. Mm-hmm. And I I ran out. Sasha was like, "Get a broom." <laughs> I thought he was saying get a broom to like hit the guy who had done it, but I'm pretty sure he was just saying I need to clean it up. And then it was this, the other one. The, the other agave, the one in the middle, was also had also just been assaulted. So it's not specific to the plant. I think it's an aggression. And it, it, I think it, we need more because if we run out of plants, I mean, you have to like... Does it feel personal? Him. Yeah. Like, no, not at all. It feels like we're just like wrestling with the earth, you know, the spirits. Yeah, that, that kind of... Uh, those kinds of obstacles. Uh, Elemental LA. Yeah. yeah. I, one of our artists that we work with... Uh, he suggested that we just put um, beer and uh, packs of cigarettes in like the pl- the planters, so people know that we're cool. So you're like it's like the L.A. street equivalent of leaving out cookies for Santa. Yes, exactly. Or extortion, or being extorted. <laughs> yes. Nice. Well, boys, it's been like probably almost a year since you guys came on last. Yeah. And I, it seems like you guys have been up to a lot in the intervening time. We have. It says you've been pretty busy making wooden guns and car... car. Had we done the car show? Mm-mm. No, no. I, I think when the last time we talked, you guys had just done your first show. Mm. Um, and then, then the car show has since happened, so... Um, do you guys want to talk a little bit about that? What that what that show sure, was and yeah. what that was like? Um, 
uh, so our idea for the show basically comes partially out of the fact that we spent months looking for a space to like you know do a show in because mm -hmm. that show that we did was you know basically we weren't paying rent while we were there which was really helpful and mm -hmm. because we didn't have any money to be able to like you know like pay 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 for like hourly space because everybody's on pure space now like getting like that type of like empty space white walls is like it costs so much more yeah uh so we were looking 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 deal after deal fell through and finally uh a art dealer uh who's fairly fairly popular art dealer in la molly barnes shout out yeah shout out molly barnes she has a radio show on 10 50 a.m k mozart uh she uh she asked if we want to do a show in her garage and so we thought like oh, fuck, like that feels like <laughs> like how do we do a show in a garage and make it cool and you know what goes in garages cars nice so we bought it we bought a 19 uh 98 80 88 oldsmobile 88 and we basically we had like seven artists replace the components of the car so we stripped it apart, gutted it, took out the engine, and we had different artists put pieces on in different parts of the car. What was the name of the exhibit? Uh, disassembly line. The disassembly line. Mm -hmm. And just just to give like so that this can be a standalone episode, mm -hmm. can you guys give me like your brief two minute elevator pitch of what Spy Projects is? <laughs> That's dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Spy Projects is a gallery that chapel it's yeah it's our it's it's an all-terrain vehicle yeah, that sasha Filimonov, myself and our third partner gab gabriella rothbart who we love number one of um, all time and that uh, we founded as i think uh we saw like art in la that was being you know and what galleries were really showing we mm -hmm. thought there was like a need there for something that kind of went out of the box that was was wasn't afraid to do shit that was weird or shit that couldn't that wasn't profitable and um so far it's been going very well you know uh spy is is sort of we always we always have imagined it as being something that like something something that can both you know kind of try to fight the forces of, uh, like the evil, evil, yeah, forces of evil, uh, the market, and like sort of commercial uh, and private institutions and in art, and try to like you know show show people like really really good art, you know, put on really good fucking shows and great parties, and so far it's been going. It's that's sort of what I think we've done. Nice, hell yeah, it's great ethos. And uh, how did you guys first? join forces like what was that what's your origin story we <clears throat> i don't know where i was i was somewhere in the world uh not at home and i texted pietro saying we needed to write a manifesto this was like junior year of college um you guys I, met in college yes yeah. and so we uh wrote a manifesto um pretty and the uh, next step was uh how do you implement the manifesto we wrote like four manifestos. Like we revised and revised and revised that thing a lot. There's two parts actually, because um, yeah, there's uh, some uh, 
disagreements into uh, the end game. But yeah. um, we, we, we then took the next step of how do we implement this? And we uh, figured the most holistic uh, option was a co-op, cooperative kind of incorporation. And then uh, we kind of tried it out and then realized that like uh, having a bunch of people like pull their own weight is pretty tough to manage. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's and look, we love we love everybody that we did that with. Uh, but it's I think we're working with all of them. Yeah, still. And we've worked with all of them, but it's difficult, you know, because people want different things. And it's hard, particularly when you're in school, you know, like that's not to say anything bad about cooperatives, but we wanted more creative control. Uh so that didn't really work. And then, uh, and basically, uh, Sash, by the way, just since basically step one, he, he started saying, like, we need Gab. We need Gabriella. We need Gab. Because we have, we're, there are things that we are good at, I think, or things that we have, like, fun doing that we, like, work really hard doing, you know, like the ideas, the implementation, the physical implementation of projects or the, like, coordination and logistics of, like, a current like show like leading up to it we have no we are horrible with money we are terrible with money. i'd like to uh, correct him on that i'd like to live in a world where make I, sure saja sorry to stop you but if you could just keep that mic pointed at your i'd like to live in a world where money doesn't exist and i like to uh play pretend like that so yeah yeah so you know who gets out, to so, live? so so here we are out of money and, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and we're and, and we realize, oh fuck, we need Gab. <laughs> we need Gab to help us. And so we uh, Gab came uh, came on as sort of like our linchpin to actually like make this thing into something that's long, viable long term. But yeah, we uh, so we. When you, when, when you first said Gab, I thought you were talking about like the right wing social media platform. Which I'm on. <laughs> and I was like, I that's a pretty badass way to start an art studio. Mm, it's true. <laughs> Starting a gallery on Gab is like, it's actually, it's really funny because it's like right wingers. Like, that is genius. Because it's America. Because it's America. <laughs> see the gears turning just on. Yeah. <laughs> because it's America. It's like, it's like you can't, like, they can't, like, you know, you can't stop Disney from make from like making like woke shit or whatever the hell they care about. But it's like you can start your new your own platform and just I you see we've seen since like 2016 like just so many platform offshoots of like Twitter, of like you know Amazon, of uh, of like all these tech like you know social media platforms, but just for conservatives. But it's like, what's the point of being on it if you can't like if you can't have people raging at you? You know, that's sort of the the point of it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So uh, we did. So we uh, we we did it. We we wrote. We wrote. We wrote. We were like, how do we implement our these ideas? A lot of them have to do with had to do with scale, and it comes from an idea of like, how do you make like, like what is like what is an art that is like vital and effective and matters in you know the current landscape culture, and. We realized at a certain point that it requires uh, a much larger to really like impact people to really like get in people's heads to break that template of what they think art is. You have the scale has to be the scale has to be very like changed in some way. You know, it has to be very big or very small. So you're saying the scale of the art itself or the impact or like when you when you use the word scale, how are you? 
Size. I mean, I think I think like literally size. Size like, matters. Size matters. Size really does matter. I mean, I think I really, I, I I truly believe this. I really think like a shape, like like you know Richard Serra, a box that's you know a foot by a foot by a foot is different than a box that's ten feet by ten feet by ten feet. Shapes, sizes, visually, when things get larger or much much smaller, if if it has an impact on your brain. Mm. And so, but that requires resources. That requires like you know coordination and and like the uh, like resources to be able to like pull that type of shit off. Uh, and we thought, well, why why just restrict ourselves to you know basically like what we can do at home when we can bring in other artists? We can bring in other people who sort of like fuck with the, like an idea, a concept, and you know do something much bigger. And in, and, in, and in that way, also, like, get access to more resources as well, you know. And that's ultimately, you know, that's ultimately the, for any, uh, for any, like, group, like, a mass project, that's the point of it, is to do large-scale things. You know, the pyramids weren't built by one person. Mm-hmm. Slaves! Uh, how do you guys, like, define and conceptualize your respective roles in Spy? Like, what, you know, I, 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 would, I would intuit that, that wearing the, the, the term what kind of hat do you wear would be something you guys find reprehensible, but, like... I do the sports. Yeah, what's, what's your guys' like... Uh, yeah, Sasha's the jock. What do your badges say when you go to conventions? Yeah, it's we have literal. We're also Gab, Sasha, and I. We're all co-directors, so we are all partners in the gallery. Uh, Gab is in charge of uh, what's it called? She's let's see, gallery manager. She's in charge of our finances and accounting. Is this is this sensitive information? No, I mean, well, I think it might be sensitive information. Yeah, sensitive yeah, yeah. Information. She's okay. the paid. We're a clan, we're a clandestine <laughs> operative yeah, group. We're, we're TMI. Clandestine. Yeah, we do yeah, a lot yeah. of each other's work too. But uh, the things, the things that well, okay, I'm just gonna say what Gab is really good at is she can do like she's really good at staying organized mm-hmm. uh, for tasks that like need to be done that require like a lot of research and a lot of like coordin- like a lot of like coordinated effort, and that's something she's talented at. Sasha's really good at building things. He's a man with a hammer. And I dance. I'm like the, the dancing court. Uh, he dances. You do the hammer dance? Yeah, the hammer dance. He's uh, very talented at that. I have cymbals. I clap them. And yeah. And I do I do uh, sales. I think we all curate. Mm. Okay. Beautiful. And, and Sasha, you are an artist. Mm-hmm. Pietro... Have you ever made any art in your life? Um, Do you consider yourself an artist? I know that's a very provocative question to ask. But he's made some art. I have, I think, but I don't. Some good stuff. I don't consider myself an artist. Okay. No. no I kind of think about you, Pietro. You know, from my limited knowledge, being on the outside of this all, you kind of seem like you're the stock, the straw that stirs the drink. Would that be an apt description of what you do. I have, I have no I've idea what <laughs> I have no idea what that means. Uh, yeah, I, I, uh, yeah, I haven't. Uh, I've, some people have referred to me as a straw, uh, <laughs> to, like I to mean, stir things up. Sometimes. Anatomically accurate, I think. Yeah, no, I am. You know, I'm thin and tubular. Uh, it's it's an NBA term. The st- the straw that stirs the drink is like the player on the team that like is able to kind of integrate all the other role players and. 
it's not always like a tangible contribution, but it but the whole thing wouldn't run without my contribution. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say Pietro's contributions are very tangible. Yeah. I think I, I would be more the, the straw. The straw. The straw. He's, uh, well, the way we said it, Sasha's the, Sasha is like is the spirit and guts of it, and I'm, okay. the, I'm the voice. I'm the one who talks. Gotcha. And Gab is, the, Gab is like the like, uh, right, right brain. She's the right brain and the hands. So like or maybe... Maybe the arms. So like Gab's the Gab's the arms, you're the mouth, and then Sasha's the pineal gland. Is that? Yeah. Oh hell yeah! Thyroid. He's the thyroid <laughs> gland. Sasha, I'm curious. When you first encountered this uh, this straw man here in college, what was your first? Uh, you know, my, for those of you who don't know, Pietro's my cousin. So uh, I'm um, curious. What was your first cousin. impression when you uh, when you ran into this? Uh, you know, amicable beanstalk of a man. Um, it was it was pretty good. Uh, I thought high strung at first, but we t- <laughs> <laughs> we talked. Uh, we liked pretty much the same things. I think one of our first interactions was one of those like name your favorite painting on three one two three go, and we named like the same like obscure Russian academic painting by uh, Repin, um, nice. which was like the Zephrosian Zif- uh, Cossacks. Yeah, letter from the Zephrosian Cossacks, which is like, I mean, I have no idea why he, I, at the time, I had no idea why he liked it. I was like, who the hell are you? They all look like Santa. <laughs> That's why I, I mean, they look so happy in it. It's just a bunch of like, slaw, it's a bunch of like East Eastern European looking dudes with mm-hmm. mustaches looking like that. Okay. That, uh. Brought the best diss track ever. <laughs> nice. Yeah, it's just they writing this incredible Actually, look letter. that up. Look that up. J- Jamie? <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't wait to get a Jamie. I feel like that's the mark of having like a quote-unquote successful podcast is yeah. when you can have a Jamie look yeah. stuff up for look, you. Look that up. Yeah. A Chris to produce. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah. I mean, my first interaction with Sasha was like, I was like, I was really not feeling, I wasn't feeling, like he went to RISD. He was, he went, Sasha went to art school. I went to Brown, and I just first one for variety of reasons. I just really wasn't feeling it at that point in time, and I was like sort of. And then I it was sort of like, I meet and I I don't I I meet I, I meet this guy who is Russian, and I've always had just I'm, I'm a weeb for Russia. I I love I love the literature. I love the art, and he also just like sort of had like sort of the same kind of. What's the word like maybe. Con- contrarian or like you know just conflict view of art like feeling like things that people weren't like really looking at it in the right way and we didn't really know what like the right way was we felt like everybody was wrong Um, exactly exactly that pretty much was it and then it was like and we also i think another part of it was that basically since the very beginning of when we met we've had basically a working like a professional working relationship like i it's like kind of with linking and building it's like i don't think sasha and i have ever like not been working on something mm. like passively at least mm-hmm. uh i got in my opinion some of the best pieces he's ever made by writing the writing his artist statement yeah okay. he has so you guys kind of inspire each other to do yeah. the best work he's uh pushed some of my favorite books onto me um yeah yeah he's, he read more he read more of my homework assignments than maybe i even read <laughs> um Sasha, you know, while we're on the topic of mustaches, I'm really curious, uh, you know, 
your mustache has changed a couple of hues since I saw you yesterday. I'm curious, <laughs> what uh, what's the name of the color that you're sporting today? Do you remember? Uh, I honestly think like life has caught up with me um, <laughs> at this point. There was no dying um, involved. This just kind of happened. I just like uh, stained rather, I guess, um, from all the like blood of uh, my enemies that I've been drinking. Okay. Yeah, um, nosebleeds too. It's it's a combination of both. Yeah. I thought you just got busy on some tootsie rolls for a minute. No, no, at least not that I can remember. No, it's the blood of his enemies, and it's a stop. It's like it means stop to anybody who <laughs> want to get go past that point. It means stop it right now. Gotcha. Yeah. So get, getting back to this to this show to to the disassembly line, mm-hmm. um, how did you guys find the car? Um, I have a. Bulgarian friend, um, Chris. Chris. We all need a Bulgarian friend. Chris Petkov. Shout out Chris Petkov. Yeah, he's literally number one. I told him I needed a car for less than a thousand dollars. As like, I I described it as like mid nineties. Like, uh, it was right when um, you know when like designers made cars pre nineties, and then the engineers would make them, Hmm. or Excuse me. How did it go? Yeah, yeah. And then it switched in the '90s to like the engineers making the cheapest car, and then the designers like kind of like fucking with the spaceship looking car. Like we wanted a car with like hard edges, you know, mm-hmm. um, something that like was not just didn't look like a plasticky kind of shit that we see now. Yeah, or excuse bubble, me, it's not the design. Bubbly. It's you uh, angles. Yeah, yeah. They had sales and then the engineers. So that was yeah. But, so you're saying initially it was designers would design the car and, and then the, the salesman would execute yeah and then the salesman would sell it but now it's like sales telling designers, designers what to make and then the yeah. engineers would try to figure it out it just it just like look it just like like the car like I, the car is nondescript as it can get it's perfect yeah it was perfect it was it was we it wanted was, the least context possible like aesthetically you know but just slightly older like just a little bit like out of time you know because it's it, and that's what we had the not not enough to be nostalgic what, what was the model again that you guys said a lot 1998 88 Oldsmobile the year was 1998 yeah yeah the model number is 88 it does seem kind of like in the same category you know how many like jokes there are about a buick is just like the kind of just american blah very car. very very similar vibe in that it's kind of sweet spot of of like, american non-exceptionalism yeah. way non-exceptionalism too big. Yeah. In, the, in the in the marketplace of car exactly design. heavy big nondescript town car inefficient yeah Nice. Did you guys have that model in mind when you were no. looking, no, or was it just? I just described it. Yeah, we, we we sat like at the like, at like you know the, the bike path, like watching cars going down the PCH, like just like going like that one could be good, that one could be good, like mm-hmm. looking at the shapes of the cars, and yeah. trying to decide, like just and it was just that was just I remember doing that just like a few days before we ended up like putting down the money to buy that one. Mm. And it wasn't, it was not, the car was not functional. Like the car was absolutely not functional. We actually had to, like apparently, like you needed like to, to drive a flatbed in Beverly Hills, you need a license. So we, uh, we managed to get around that. But like transporting the car was, was absolutely like ridiculous. It was an art object. 
in every way and complete lacked almost all functionality other than you can sit 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 in it mm-hmm. and move it on wheels. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and that was disassembly one. That was that was and that was crazy. It was a crazy experience. It was like doing, like the fact that we just managed to somewhat pull it off. Like <laughs> itself itself felt like an accomplishment. Yeah, I was really impressed by this idea of you know, creating this container and then, you know, inviting, challenging, uh, giving permission to all these artists to fill the container in whatever way they wanted. Yeah, very yeah. little communication between the artists, too, about what they were making. You know, okay. the idea was we do a show like a group show mm-hmm. where you just pick works and the artists don't really know who else, in the, who else is in the group show. They don't really know, like, what, what pieces their work is going to be next to. But we just scrunch it down like a lot to a car, meaning that like the pieces are basically right next to each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was sort of there was half random, half commissioned work, like being like you need to make something for this, and half like us saying like oh we could just put this in here, we could put that in there. I was curious, how did you divvy up the real estate of the car? Like, what was the process like? Who you know who got to choose the steering wheel versus the trunk versus the like was that a process? How did you guys? It was kind of. I can't. We can't. Who got what? It's just a little bit of everything. Yeah, we approached a lot of artists of saying like, we want you to do like the parking tickets and the, uh, like in the registration. We want you to do the steering wheel. We want you to be in the back seat. We want you to be in the trunk. Other artists were like, I want to take that part. I want to take that part. You know, it was a bit of both. Okay. I would say some artists work. We just like them. Sorry, some artists work. We uh, we liked and knew they would excel um, in general. Whatever Mm -hmm. we gave them or they chose, um, and other artists, they like had a their work was specifically like um, in tune with a certain piece or something like that, and they would be down for that. We just love big machines too. Like we we really we're big fans of like big of like big mechanical objects mm-hmm. uh, we had a show our last show we did called Masshole we had a had a jet ski in the middle of it like on like a stand you know uh, which was wonderful and I thought like kind of called back to like some, to the car show in a way what well, was there anything special about the jet ski had it been like, it had been modified, modified by the artist painted on etc yeah. I made a plinth out of like Wayne Wainwright paneling that looked like a wave, it was it was uh, fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, can we take a t- f- two minute uh, sure. bathroom break? Yeah. yeah. Sure. Me and Pietro can keep going too yeah. if if you if you want to tap out for a sec. Yeah. How you doing, Hobie? I'm stuck. Let me go. No, 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 no. Right, you can come around this way if you want. Come up on here. Fix it in post. Fix it in post. We'll do it live. We'll do it live. Um, How you doing, Hobie? I'm doing good, man. You know, it's it's always nice to come down to LA. Mm -hmm. I feel like I appreciate the climate here more and more. You know, the 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 weather. Even though today is is cloudy, it's still just for me. You know, being a a NorCal bro, growing up. in a different climate coming down here, it's almost like, it's always a little subtropical. Mm. 
you know, the first night I got down here, I jumped in the ocean at sunset, which is not really something that, I mean, you can do it back home, but it's being able to get in the ocean and not have to get out right away is just still freezing. (laughs) Like it's not like warm at all. It's all relative. So like for me, it feels like a bathtub Mm -hmm. because I'm used to like the North Pacific, but, um, but, and that's, that's interesting, you know, for, Mm -hmm. for different people. Like I've definitely, you're not the only person that's told me that, but when I get in there, it just feels welcoming and embracing and all that. But Mm -hmm. Dude, I'm doing good, man. I got a tall boy mm. hanging hanging with you, hanging with Sash. We're about to go see some comedy here in yeah. a little while. Um and, you know, it's it's uh it's it's good to be down here. Yeah, it's a good time. It's always good when you come here, Hobie. Yeah. Uh, it's good to be able to see you outside of the massive family family fun time that we have every every Christmas in the desert. Yeah, I think like you know, I was telling you and your mom this last night, but it's really not that far. And to me, we're kind of at this time in our lives where, uh, like, I have the resources to do things like this, but there's enough flexibility in my life to where I can create new traditions if I want. And to me, the tradition of, like, coming down here for four or five days doing quick little trips. I think it really, excuse me. Um, I think it's really can be a powerful thing in, in nurturing relationships and keeping this sense of closeness with family and friends. Um, you know, one of the things in our family that has, has been really strong, I would say is, uh, is our traditions, you know, we have these, we're kind of split up between Northern California and Southern California. And it's been like our annual camping trips and our trips to the desert that have, you know, kept, kept us, kept it feeling like a family, Mm -hmm. which I think is, you know, I know for me is like a really important aspect to my life. It's the reason why I've never been able to hold a corporate job because, you know, most corporations, you know, that you go work for, they're like, we'll give you uh, 10 days off a year or we'll give you 15 days off a year. And for me, I got a week in the summer and a week in the winter that are like family time Mm -hmm. that I always, that like I've, I've quit jobs before because I used up all my days. Yeah. And I'm like, look, I'm, I'll leave. I'm going to go down to LA to the desert with my family or I'm going to go to Yosemite. Like that's important. That's more important to me than staying at a, at a corporate job. And, and I also have a life. So like, to me, I'm not going to, you know, that family time is important those two weeks, but I have other stuff during the year too, that is important to me as well. And so like this whole, like 10 to 15 days of, of off time a year. Mm-hmm. And what are we doing here? Yeah, exactly. You know? No, that's not, that's, that's, that's too little. <laughs> That's too little. I mean, in, in Europe, they got like what? They get like six weeks off or something, right? You know, they get they get they get so much time off. Yeah. And it's like I know that Sasha's told me like in Mo- Moscow, like in the summer, like for the whole month of August, it's just empty. It's like everybody's gone. You know, it's ridiculous. It's just like everybody's constantly just like going yeah. and going and going. It's a yeah a healthier, you know, a healthier 
orientation to the work play dynamic. And, you know, lately I've been definitely, I've thought about, um, you know, as I've, I've got kind of gotten to this place as a videographer where I am a skilled worker now and I have like a suite of skills, essential worker, essential worker. Um, but, but I have skills that are, are, that are relevant and marketable in the economy of today. And, I look, you know, I've been thinking lately, like I could go take a tech job and make six figures right now. Mm -hmm. Like I'm at a place now in my career where that's not unrealistic to where I could go sit down and like expect to get a salary at that, of that amount. And I start thinking, I'm like, what would that meeting look like? You know, I'd probably be in there. I'd be like, you know, I want 150 K, but I, I want to work four days a week, you know, on a three day weekend. And how much I want all this time off. And like, as I like list off the things that I already have now that I'm already getting, I'm like, none of these guys are going to go for this. Like, none of these companies, uh, you know, are going to go for kind of my minimum requirements to be employed really, really by them. The hope is to just get your, like for you is really for all of us, for me, for Sasha, for you, for everybody's for our media careers to pop off. Mm -hmm. That's what we all want is just like a media career where we can have a Patreon Right or an OnlyFans and uh, I, and get money that way. Pietro could have an OnlyFans for sure. Yeah, <laughs> I I personally I don't even think I'd really want a media career. Yeah. I want to make guns, and that's about it. When I want to, mm -hmm. no, excuse me. I just want to make shit when I want to, and that be it. That's about it. I mean, that's kind of the fuck me, right? I mean, that's just that's the artist dream right is is on, like life on my terms mm -hmm. and and that is like the kind of i think that's like the reality that every creative has to wrestle with until you find a, a fit that works for you where you can have that balance of like being able to take care of your material needs and have the stability so that life itself isn't taking away from your creative cap like potential because if you're tired all the time because you're like barely scraping by you're gonna have less energy to make the shit that you want to make or put me in a helicopter let me fight wildfires that's, that's true that's yeah. pretty badass that's pretty that's a good one anything that takes me like away from the surface of the earth in some like mortal sense mm -hmm. yeah i lived it reminds me i, I when i was like 21 22 i lived in santa cruz and i was living with this seasonal firefighter and he was on one of those helicopter attack teams where they would get in a helicopter shoot that fire down. fly into the middle of a wildfire and like him and six dudes would get dropped off in the middle of the fire and their whole job was to fight their way out of it and they'd have to like essentially like set up a you know a perimeter and kind of like expand their firefighting but they had these like tents that they could go in that would like protect them mm -hmm. to a certain extent. So he would do that for six months. And then for the other six months, he would just collect unemployment and brew beer. And that was like his life. That sounds awesome. Um, and I was like, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, that's a pretty, it's a pretty awesome existence. It's, it's kind of amazing to me. Um, you know, my stepdad, Bob, was a wild firefighter in the seventies in, you know, Washington state. And when he was coming up of age, they were like, Oh, do you want to be a firefighter? Here's a job. 
you know it was like so easy he didn't have to like really do anything other than say yes these days you need like five years of training and degrees yep. and it just speaks kind of to and where now we have more fires than we had in the 70s right so you know were they doing it right there were they doing it wrong now we just get prisoners yeah now we what, do we, what show do we have next Sash? yeah what's this tell me about the show that is in the works Jackson Demi. It's called Finding Her. It's curated by Elsa Longhauser, founding director of ICALA. It's a museum in Los Angeles. Um, some of the best paintings I've seen in the last year. They, they are the best paintings I've seen in the last year. Um, Nightmare. For sure, if not, if not longer. Um, Is this a spy project show? Yep. Mm-hmm. It's going to be July 8th. Uh gonna be a banger please come by hubby and if you're not there what are you doing yeah. we uh yeah i while i was in college like i was for my senior year i i got an apartment by myself and i was really on sort of kind of like in this like an asty i don't know how you say it like aesthetic vibe where mm-hmm. i just really didn't i really didn't even think about getting furniture or anything so i only got like a, a mattress and sash got me a big oak desk and there was already a chair in there for the desk. And so I had all this space. And so I was like, and Jackson needed to store a lot of her paintings. So I was like, well, Jackson, do you want to put all of your paintings in my apartment? So I lived with a lot of her work for like a year. And it's, and it's, it really is, it's like that Scooby-Doo thing where like the eyes are watching you, you know? Like that's, they go like, uh, nah, nah. it's really like she's ex- ex- an excellent 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 artist and we're really excited about this show awesome plenty you know i'm sure you were being watched at some of your most intimate moments by these paintings so i'd assume you have a very special connection oh you know my were most you? intimate moments were I, were I like i mean i did catch i got like i got like a skin infection that was like apparently only native to brazil oh, wow. uh so you know, I'm not. I'm, we're not blaming that on my diet or on my like hygiene. I think it was almost certainly like a spiritual, like like metaphysical response to that work. Uh, That's actually something I'm chasing in my art practice is is pieces that actually like uh, affect the uh, physical world in like a tangible way. Yeah. Um, so Jackson, I think I guess beat me to it. Yeah, yeah, she, yeah physical the the. Uh, the Physical manifestation of exotic disease. Is that like spells and stuff, or is that what we're talking about? No, no, no. As in, as I mean, in, she's spiritually inclined. She is. She is. In, like, she do is these spiritual. are these, you know, paintings that cast? It sounds like you. No, got these paintings. No, 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 no. They don't need to. They don't need to. Their their impact is entirely just the, their like uh, cranial. Yeah, and it, it is purely like it's, you look at these. You look at the at, at at this work, and your body just starts to fall apart. <laughs> you know, you uh, you uh. It just it's de- at, from euphoria. Yeah, you decompose. You decompose because it's it to build something new. Else it's like a you know, cocoon caterpillar vibe mm-hmm. nice. into a butterfly. What's the medium that she uses in her paintings? It's fucking anything she can get her hands on. It's crazy. Okay. Yeah, it's a lot of like found items. Everything like, you put it in front of her, she'll use it. Mm. With, think, with some taste. Yeah, the yeah. last, like, besides, she's also in this group show that we're doing, uh, Duets and Color Breathing, currently, that's on view right now, Duets and Color Breathing, curated by Shay Meyerson. Uh, she, uh, 
she like we the first part of hers we showed were these dolls that she'd made that were like latex plasticine like these crazy crazy things and so we're also going to be showing like the next iteration of those they're called rainbow dolls rainbow and like i mean we're just we're just really hyped on it we're hyped on it You need me to, you want me to do the square thing again? The hey, no, that's cool. I'm just boosting, boosting some the lights. Um. You guys don't stop, just no, no, never stop. Never stop. Never stop. Stop. Never stop. Stop. Never stop. Never stop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I am Lord. So, is this a single artist show? This next show? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the first one of those you guys have done. No, we did a solo show with Mia Scarpa uh, okay. before this one. Was that the Mass Hole? Yeah. Gotcha. How does that process differ from you know the multi artist? I think it's more fun just helping like an artist's vision come true. You can make it more total, like a total, like fluid exhibition. Okay. You know, it's all the work. Even if it's even if it's the work is in different mediums, like kind of different veins, it's still all one one brain kind of putting that out there. And so, you can do more like uh, large scale interventions without kind of like sacrificing the integrity of the other pieces because it's all one artist, you know. Like curatorially, like yeah. you could, like putting a jet ski in the middle of the show or something like that. Like doing stuff that, doing stuff like that is that like fuck screws around with like the the space and like. Uh, how the work is put together but because it's all one work any it's all one artist anyways like it's still like there's still a unity there there's still like you know I'd, like I'd imagine it's easier to maintain a theme mm-hmm. for sure yeah um Sasha so you're I remember the when I was when we did our first podcast together you had had your one of your pieces in that show that we were talking about mm-hmm. oh yeah our first show do you have, are, are you still, where are you at right now with your projects? Are you still doing the gun project? Or? Yep. Just me and my little brother making guns in my studio. You've had, you've shown those recently too, Oh right? yeah, we did like uh, the spring break art fair with those. Um, that was a good learning experience. Um, and uh, yeah, just keep. Can you talk about what that, what that project is and just for people who are unaware of what it is? Uh, my, my, the guns. Mm-hmm. Oh, so I make guns with my little brother. Um. They're wooden guns that work if you believe hard enough. Um, And that was in service, or I guess like the gun, I stopped painting because I hate painting or hated painting. I'm Mm -hmm. starting to like it more now since I'm not doing it. Yeah, I was like, what's the farthest I can get from painting, really? Um, And on top of that, like, what am I just going to like... I want to be fulfilled in the studio. Um, so me and my little brother just started making guns. Um, and then, um, yeah, people responded really well in various ways. Uh, probably the most varied ways possible, um, which was really nice to see. And, um, I'm making art that has like a consequence as I put it finally. Um, cause whereas like paintings can't really affect people or like reality, the way these things, these pieces can. I mean, you can't point a painting at someone and like uh, 
like have a visceral reaction from them, <laughs> the way that these work. Or when we, fair, when we did the fair, with the way we'd set it up, is people could like pick up the guns and like you know play with them, and there were people who wouldn't even touch them because they were like, I don't like guns. You know, they're just pieces of wood. Mm-hmm. But like you know that, and that speaks to the that speaks to to like you know the effect and like psychological impact of the work. Oh yeah, we're actually gonna do a show, a Sasha show next summer. Um, that's a hundred percent confirmed that we're gonna do it. It's speaking gonna be explosive. Speaking of that, uh, let me find it. Um, I gave a gun to my friend as like a housewarming thing uh, a week ago or something, and he texted me saying, uh, uh, just like a few days ago, uh, someone that he had over, like, stop playing with that. It's not a toy. It's a gun. And I was like, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> he said that to his friend, or, or no? Some like uh, someone he had over said that to him because he. Uh, was playing around with it and it, they are just pieces of wood like they are yeah. they are pieces of wood but they're also guns yeah you know it's a, it's a shamanic symbol like that it really is like the, the political like weight of like something that looks like a gun is you know as an object is like in this country is very like has has a lot to it you know well i think you could argue it it's never been more relevant than right at this very moment we're living in mm-hmm. i mean it's it's literally the national debate or the the national conversation Mm -hmm. however you feel about it it's all centered around this object Mm -hmm. i'm curious have you what has the reaction been you know as an artist to to making these things is my personal reaction just that you're getting from people that experience oh either it it's uh either like a zealous disgust or like uh just amazement or interest it's like all over on mm-hmm. it's it, there's no like it's not like a bell curve it's it's like a mm-hmm. yeah people either hate it or love it's it like they, but in all they read it in like all different ways my fascination with it is just like as a symbol of like uh, an ex- extension of like will of, of a, like there's nothing more potent as like a symbol of that i guess yeah. especially in this country yeah yeah especially after recent events yeah and i mean it I mean, we all, I know my, in my generation, and I'm sure in yours as well, like we all grew up playing with with guns. Mm-hmm. Like Nerf guns were, I mean, I used to go every summer, this, these guys, these kids in my class, shout out the Smithymans, would have a water gun fight at their big property. And literally like everyone would beg their mom like, hey, I need to get a new water gun for the big water gun fight. You know, and you go to the store and it's like the XP 6000, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. and you're like, drooling you know one year i got two smaller ones so i could have dual hands and our, and our parents were like it was a celebration of it was innocent you know we we're just having fun spraying each other with water on a hot summer day and you know the symbolism wasn't that we were killing each it kind of was that we were killing each other in a playful way but it was more of like this kind of sport you know fun i'm gonna spray you i'm gonna spray you. that's a that's another thing is like um my goal is so everyone in the whole wide world will have one of my guns because when you're holding it you do feel like you're holding a real gun so when you're making decisions at a gunpoint essentially you're holding other people like like it's clear that your decisions have impacts even your opinions have impacts that you would uh otherwise not think about um and that's really the point i'm trying to get across mm-hmm. i guess is uh that regardless I mean, anything, how you feel, 
everything has a consequence to it. Like you, 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 there's a price you're paying for like shopping at Erwan or, you know, wearing one thing over another or hanging out with a certain type of people over another certain type of people. When you, when you're making these guns, are they, is is each, each piece like based off a specific model? Like, what do you do for research? Uh, I mean, we have a bunch of like encyclopedia of gun books, but, um, we ran through that pretty quick. It's it, it's just how we feel on a on a certain day. A lot of them are like amalgamations of different ones. Or one of the the one that got a lot of responses at the fair was like the one Conrad made. That was just yeah. a model of the gun he had in COD <laughs> with all like <laughs> modifications uh-huh. and like 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 attachments to it. You yeah. Know? Yeah. As far as like the building of the actual things goes, it's a spectrum from like more abstract to literal like my recreations f- my favorite ones are like the ones he used like where he used parts of like a chair like to make like like the like barrel and everything they look beautiful like they're gorgeous uh, they kind of remind me almost of like a physical manifestation of the old school pixelated guns from like goldeneye from like an n64 yeah. like you're kind of it seems almost like you've taken you know a lot of us grew up playing these video games when when the pixels were still large and you have these really blocky you know artful representations of a real object and you've kind of taken that and re-analogued it into like a physical into the physical world yeah. in a sense and at the end of the day I'm just giving them out to like friends and uh, other artists because you know you can't you can't be undefended in your studio or home it's just mm-hmm. not, not an option these days not anymore no yeah Lock your doors. <laughs> nice. Have you ever thought about making ammo? Uh, we've done some like belts, canvas and wood. So, yeah, yeah, that's that's more of like a kind of like a factory line kind of setup. I feel like, mm-hmm. and uh, my setup right now is not super conducive to small parts, right. which will it's in it's in the works, but for right now, not not so much. It's interesting how, you know, like especially children of the 80s and 90s, you know, I guess you could argue even going back further, there's always kind of been this like a uh, interest, obsession that boys have with, with military, with war, with combat. And I've spent some time thinking about that because like, you know, I also consider myself a bit of a pacifist. I'm not mm-hmm. a violent guy. And yet I still, you know, growing up, I drew a lot of guns. I drew a lot of tanks and planes and a lot of my toys, micro machines. And I play video games. I play Call of Duty. And like, I don't have any desire to harm anybody or kill anybody. But I think that there is this like fascination with it it does something to your brain when you're thinking about like, the achieving a goal, whether it's hunting, trying to hit a target. Well, it's uh, like making decisions, but over there. Right. And it's, you know, all of our sports are based off of military traditions, you know, from shooting a ball into a hoop to throwing a football. Like these are all skills that eventually that were originally, you know, made their way into the human psychology through hunting and through, you know, protection and conquest and, you know, as we're having this kind of national debate about gun violence and, you know, I, I know a lot of people 
especially on the left side of the political spectrum, have a real disgust for like militarism and you know gun worship and the, these these qualities that are in, in involved in that. I think it's you know I, I think it's important to that, that we stay aware uh, that there are these kind of objective qualities. They're cool. That they're they're cool. That but that we as humans like kind of innately have that that are that are kind of like uh, epigenetically written into our DNA. They're like survival things. They're things that are like we've developed we developed it during you know the times of tribal you know hunter gatherers in, in Rome in the 17th century. You needed a license to carry a sword to like open carry a sword mm -hmm. walking around and. If you look at the uh, Caravaggio's arrest records, he uh, he got arrested multiple times for carrying around a sword and using it, but without a license. He didn't have an open carry. He did not have an open carry license, but he refused not to not to carry it because it was also the people who'd get them were like nobility, like right. if you were noble. But he uh, he would carry around the sword a lot. He got in a very famous, very famously around very towards the end of his life. He basically at a, he got into like a fight over at a tennis court mm -hmm. uh, that turned that ended in a duel where he um, killed the guy and then he basically like I think swam no he didn't swim he then ran away like fled to Malta where he became a knight of Malta <laughs> then got kicked out two days later and he Caravaggio tried, you said? yeah Caravaggio one of the one of like in, in like the Western like canon of art is like one of the most important painters I would say I think anybody would say that gotcha and like he I. <laughs> He went to Malta, came a night, got kicked out, and I think died. He drowned when he tried to swim back to the mainland wow. from the from the island. That is to say, uh, this, you know, they're, they're sexy. You know, they they have there's like a Freudian sexual, like like power that goes with the gun. You know, and th that will never go away. Mm -hmm. um, well, as it, sorry, no, continue. continue. I was just gonna say it's interesting. You know, listening to your Roman story, you know, where you had the this kind of class qualification on who got to who got to be licensed to to you know license violence by class, right? Like that the rich were allowed to carry weapons, right? Mm -hmm. And we, you know, right now there, there's a bill being debated. You know, it's this new gun reform bill. Mm -hmm. uh, that would essentially ban these certain weapons or whatever. And one of the provisions in that bill is that there's an exemption for private security. Mm -hmm. So once again, we're seeing this kind of cycle of like... Very RoboCop -esque. The rich aren't going to give up their guns. You yeah, know, they're no, going to still... I, have, I, I, want, I, I want a uh, predator drone. Like, I think that's <laughs> the way to make it fair is you that's have <laughs> universal access to Patriot missiles, predator drones. I want an uh, A1 Abrams <laughs> tank. I, we should be allowed to have these things, because, 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 because who is to say that who is to say that uh, I would use it any worse than some uh, than like an eighteen year old who's trying to get like you know like get a degree in fucking I don't know communications yeah. in college in fucking you know I guess not Afghanistan now like in Somalia 
who has access to these things. No, like he's in Nevada, in a container in a Nevada. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're in, like, a trailer in Nevada, like, basically with, like, an Xbox controller, like, controlling these planes. Like, well, who cares? Like, well, what says that they can have it? And I can't. I could think of a thousand uses for a Predator drone right now. Would you settle for a wooden Predator drone? Because I think we can make that happen. I believe that it could fly. So, yeah. <laughs> it's on. It's next up. Next up, yeah. I think, I think we could get you a wooden one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, right on. Uh, yeah. So, this, this, this show, Sasha, that you have coming up, mm-hmm. what is that centered around? Like, what is the. You'll have to come and see. Okay. Yeah, no. It's still a big box of question marks. Is it in line with what you've been working on, I guess? It is the it is the essential core of what we've been working on. It's the apex? Yeah. Okay. Um Apotheosis. There there's your clue. Yeah, okay. the term is apotheosis. <laughs> yes. I've Ascension. I read that recently in a what is that? I feel like that's a big word in one of the the Dan Brown novels or how do they deal with that word? I mean, I mean, it's like it's to rise to like spiritual divinity. transcendence. It's, yeah, right? it's to be, it's it's to it's to become divine. Yeah. Is and and I think that's that's that will be the experience of both the viewer and the artist for Sasha's show. Apotheosis guaranteed? Is that what you're saying? Yes, or your money back, <laughs> or your money back. That's so far. Fuck. That's a good, <laughs> it's a good, that's name, a for good a show. name for a show. A good name for a show. You guys need some like like fifties. Clip it, clip it. <laughs> you need some like fifties styles proper propaganda for your like. Oh yes, yeah. I'm a big fan of propaganda. Of propaganda yeah. art, you know. Yes, Maybe you need sir. To create some of that, yes, you know? sir. <laughs> I'm doing my part. Like a thumbs up. Exactly. Yeah. Um, right on, bros. Well, I'm trying to think if there's any other. Do you have any other little... Is there anything else you guys want to mention? I think that's about it. Thank you, Hobie. This was awesome. Dude, thanks for coming on. Uh, And you guys, what's the name of the show that's going on right now? Uh, It's the show that's up right now at 3709 West Jefferson Boulevard. We're open 11 to 6, Wednesdays through Sundays Mm -hmm. in Los Angeles. Uh, the name of the show is Duets in Color Breathing. It's curated by Shay Meyerson, and it's a really good show. You guys should stop by if you're listening and see it. I'll be there. I'll, I'm always there. Pietro's always there. And how can people find you, connect with you? Uh, go to our website, spy, the uh, hyphen, like, dash, projects.com, or follow us on Instagram, at spyprojects, all one word. Uh, it's doing numbers right now, so follow while you can, so you can say you've been there first. Yeah, I heard your numbers are surging. They're f- fucking spiking right now. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah! Well, thank you guys so much for coming on. Appreciate uh, appreciate you both. And uh, hey, man, let's yeah. let's party. Thanks, Hobie. It's been a pleasure, Hobie. <laughs>